I gotta go walk no. the dog. I actually have to go walk Greg's dog. So first <laughs> I'll see you in a few hours. To, to, to Brooklyn, uh, and then person. I'll have to uh, go around the block in Brooklyn, and uh, which means, of course, I'll fall asleep in Greg's bed, and then <laughs> hey, I'll come back to my microphone, and then um, yeah, that's definitely going to involve something relevant and timely. Quality. Yeah, I'm a very Quality. important person. <laughs> I think so too. I can't sit here and be officially recorded without so my I knowledge. So, story. I saw the um, I saw the uh, thing that you had uh, linked up to your site about the debate with uh, with your wife. It was very uh, very impressive. She did a good job. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the one she had earlier was a little better. That that didn't make it to the website, but was for the same people about a week before. Um, it was just a little more a little more forceful and it wasn't moderated the same way it was sort of more on the fly questions rather than having the old fogey monitor mo- and moderator it moderated by Orson like Welles yeah this is extremely funny like basically you have I mean we also yeah no I mean it also seemed like the guy was a little bit little bit biased perhaps I mean not the most even keel mo- moderator are you saying he was a pharmaceutical and industry shill <laughs> well, no, the, the person the person she debated against definitely is claiming to be you know a doctor which I'm sure she actually a is a doctor, doctor but she definitely is a doctor who was like paid off big bucks by the uh, pharmaceutical industry but but the moderator was like uh, more subtle than that but I think there's some leanings about like now, could you tell me about eligibility in a way that makes it sound like your program is wasteful? Now, doctor, tell me why your program is so great. <laughs> well, I now, didn't really Emily, notice. Tell me why your program is wasteful. I didn't notice as much yeah. of that when they were leading. When they were leading into the video, when they were leading into the debate, and they were showing all oh, the, the video lead-in stuff. Oh, the lead-in was horrible. The lead-in yeah. was just sort of like uh, they were like, this was their lead-in. They're like, okay, here's why Proposition 78 makes a lot of sense. They're like, you know, an articulate person, articulate person. Now, here's some doofus to tell you why 79 is good. He's like, you know, I like the government. <laughs> government <laughs> is good for people. People like government, it's and they're so better true. for government. It's then they're like, so true. And they did that all the way through. Like, they would be like, you know, so yeah. many people think that Proposition 78... And they're like, uh, four different articulate people think yeah. that Proposition and, 78 and, is good. And then we go Meanwhile, back to all we could find was the same <laughs> doofus. We go oh, look, doofus he's, he's like, off on another tangent. He's like, How relevant like, will this be? It's like... It's, seriously, at one point it was like this. It was like one guy was like... The, the articulate people are like, well, we really think that we want drug companies to be able to volunteer so that we don't have to have high cost of litigation. Then they cut back to 
fucking doofus and he's like, I think you want the hammer, man. You want to have the hammer laid down at the company so they can't <laughs> say no. I'm like, oh my god. Like, if you came out of that morning for 79. And the and hammer is like, so you have to be good people. It's like right. generic. Well, plus, plus, like, oh they, god. they cut to the other people <laughs> oh and they're god. like, this person's a doctor, this person redefined cancer, and here's some doofus in a plaid shirt. He will be representing Proposition 79. And I'm like, what did but you But he is guy? affiliated with the Ramsa School of Enlightenment, so it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I know. And then, and then when they got Emily on, then when they got the thing on and they were showing them, I did, this wasn't Emily's fault, but I wish they could have done something about it. They're like, so, Dr. Blah, 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 what do you think about this? Okay, Emily. I'm like, couldn't it be like Emily yeah. represent Emily Clayton, representative of the Pergs for blah 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 blah? Instead of being like, right. here's yeah, some or random Emily or something. Here's a doctor right. versus some random person. Uh, what do you think about this, dear? You know, like, I was like, what's that? All or about? at least saying like Mrs. Clayton or something that's like better than Doctor hey, something last name versus Emily. Like <laughs> they could have called her Kid. You know, it's like I know, <laughs> Dr. Harrington versus Kid. By the way, so since kid, we have a bunch you of got any thoughts on this? Since we have a bunch of debaters on here, most of whom would agree with this, I think, I just want to throw one thing out there, which I saw in the video, which I thought was amusing, and of course Emily picked up on. So at one point, the person was talking about how, very briefly, since you guys probably don't know anything about these propositions, from as what I understand, basically Proposition 78 and 79 both would extend prescription drug coverage, or it would give discounts on prescription drugs. But 78 would uh, make the threshold under which you could get into the plan much lower. So you'd have to have a, I mean, not much higher, I should say. So you'd have to have a much lower um, income to be able to qualify for it, whereas 79, you can have a higher salary. And all injections would actually be rained down from the sky by California state biplanes. <laughs> so if you yeah, actually wanted to get any of those drugs intravenously, you'd have to run under the airplanes while they're doing their drops with your arms sticking out. <laughs> Which is a very difficult proposition and kind of scattershot. No. But the other thing about, about yeah. it is that Proposition 78 says that drug companies can voluntarily participate in the plan. Whereas 79 says they have to, or basically the California can go negotiate with somebody else for a particular segment right. of its program. I'm basically paraphrasing, but that's what I got for right? Yeah. So they, they bring that yeah. up. Is that right? Okay. So they bring that up. And then the doctor is like, the, the whatever doctor, whatever her name is, she's like, so, she's like, the problem is that when we look at other states that have had this happen, we've seen that drug companies who have been forced to do this, we've been involved in all sorts of litigation. And all kinds of yeah. litigation have driven up the price to the consumer. Which leads me to this following question. Now, at the beginning, she says, well, we think it's a good idea to drive down the prices, and we can do that by allowing companies to voluntarily participate. She then says, when companies were forced to do it, we were involved in litigation. Now, can you see the logical flaw associated with it? <laughs> if a company wants to litigate yeah. to prevent drugs from being used in Proposition 79, how exactly are they going to provide these drugs freely, happily, and kindly in 78? Right. In Am I missing something? Yes, they aren't. That's true. And what Emily said in the past debate that, you know, she was going to bring up again in this one but didn't get the right question asked or the right time or the right opportunity was basically, <laughs> and, you know, what she had said very powerfully the last time is if drug companies wanted to volunteer these discounts, they could do it tomorrow. They don't need a state law saying it's okay for drug companies to volunteer discounts. That's the thing about volunteerism. You don't need anyone to tell you you have to do it. You can just do it. Yep. So the 78 would then put on the books basically what is already the status quo. It's okay for people to volunteer things, which is okay yep. anyway, but it would have a superfluous state law 
that there is a dummy to try to confuse voters, which is the whole purpose of 78, uh, that would say, you can volunteer to do it. Oh, you didn't want to? Well, what a surprise. Okay. And so there would be no actual discounts that would actually get through to anyone. My favorite um, part of it watching yeah, it was that's when the big problem. was when Orson Welles and really the guy who was doing it looked like Orson Welles like he's just sort of like and would like people to know you know that kind of thing right so at one point Orson Welles asks the following question to both of the people he's like so it appears that both of these plans will be extraordinarily expensive how do each of you justify the cost so basically they're both sitting there going well. We justify it because not to do so would be inhuman, Orson Welles. I think that's our answer to your question. Like, he was just like, he's like, how do you justify helping people with medicine? How do you hmm? justify giving medicine to tiny sick babies with I'm cholera? I'm not sick. Why you should I crazy. pay money for others who are sick? Like that's what he said. Also, <laughs> yeah. Also, his question was like, "It's ten million dollars, which really, in the California state budget, is pretty close to insignificant, pretty right. close to non-existent." Right. Right. Which Emily actually said. Which yeah. Um, my only problem with Emily's performance was that there was no point at which she got up and just basically gave the elbow to the doctor, which I don't think the doctor would have been able to handle it. She would not been used to it, <laughs> and it would have made a powerful statement on television. About. So I think you should give her my, my suggestion that I think she did very well and convinced me, but she would have been more convincing had she elbowed the doctor to the face and said, this is what we're going to do to pharmaceutical <laughs> companies. Vote 79 or big elbow to the face. That would have been my comment. <laughs> she would have carried a lot more weight if they said uh, Miss Superfly Jimmy Schnooker. <laughs> yeah, that right. would be good too. <laughs> oh, that was the other organization. thing. Remember our discussion of statistics a couple I weeks back? Schnucker. A couple statistics that came a couple weeks back just cracked me up. So when they're showing the run-up to it, they're like, here's the following number of people that support Proposition 78. They're like, 35% you know, say they will support it. 30% say they won't support it. 19% are undecided. They're like, 79. 40% say they, or 30% 30 say they support it. 40% say they're opposed. 25% say they're undecided. It could go either way. I'm like, what if both propositions pass? Which it looks to be could happen. Then what? Yes. Like, do we need Proposition 80 and to clarify? And whichever gets more votes, which they explained, they explained again, they explained this last broadcast, but not the one that actually went on the website again. Okay. Um, yet another way in which it's inferior. But uh, it, then it's whichever one gets more votes passes and overrides the other one. Okay. So It was like it, looking at numbers that don't fit. Both have to pass and pass by more than other ones. Ah. What if, um, now, it, can there be a runoff? Like, let's say Proposition 81 on a totally unrelated subject gets a lot of votes. Then is there a runoff between 79, 78, and 81 to see who wins as the proposition of the year? I love California <laughs> politics. I love California politics. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. There is. But uh, in that one, Larry, Larry <laughs> Mandatory <laughs> drug benefits is <laughs> up a neck on needles falling from the sky. But needles wait a falling from the sky, making a weight rush. <laughs> Here comes yeah. labor unions get screwed. Labor unions get screwed on the outside, and labor unions get screwed. We'll take the blow on a photo. <laughs> That's my thought. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly like that. <laughs> uh, that is quality work. Quality. Plus, uh, quality Larry work. Flint gets to throw his hat into the ring uh, without getting in any of the primaries. He just gets to run in the general election oh, for the nice. of the year. Good job. Yeah, that's <laughs> the other the other thing. 
once we reach uh, previous propositions of the year. Apparently, Hillary Clinton um, sent back one of Larry Flint's contribution checks, and he got so pissed off that he decided that he might become a Republican. <laughs> um, so that he can get more checks sent back to him. That's, well, that's quality, I guess. Hey, she didn't accept my money, but I'm rich and corrupt, like the people that support her anyway. <laughs> How do you like my Larry Flynn impression? I've been working on it for that very good. seconds. Is that taken from uh, Woody Harrelson's version of Larry Flynn? Uh, most likely, but I've seen him on TV a few times as well. It also sounds vaguely like an injured Jimmy Stewart. Don't you recognize me, Mary? Don't you recognize me? Mary! Or like Lou Gossett Jr.'s character from the movie Enemy Mine. Oh my god! Could not be too obscure. That is the most random <laughs> reference of all time. Do you remember that movie? Yes, Where I he plays like the alien creature. And he gives birth that, uh, to the other creatures. Dennis Quaid baby to take care of his kid. Or, yeah, exactly. He, yes. He's like, women give birth all the time. I am not a woman! <laughs> And then he's like, you're losing Casa Jr., aren't you? Movie. Stop breaking the fourth wall. Stop it. <laughs> Locked. <laughs> I can't I should have called those guys the gargling race. Is it gargling the movie? Is that... <laughs> More or less. Enemy mine. Look it up. Uh, you uncultured uh, fools. I know, seriously. Locked. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Cat's Gargle, the movie. <laughs> yes? That's the one? That's quality. That was Enemy the sequel, mine. I think, the oh low-budget deal. Enemy Mine, which ranks slightly Gar above... You Mickey Mouse are stupid. For video effects. You said Mickey Mouse was stupid. i sorry, human. Human. Because... He would, t like, Lou Gossett Jr. would talk about his God, is like, Loctar says this, and then Dennis Crowe would say, well, Mickey Mouse says we should all be friends. And so he assumes that Mickey Mouse is, like, the God of the, uh, the human species. Which would probably be true. He also assumed that Dennis Quaid was the best we could do for an actor, I guess. He's like, all right, Dennis Quaid. Did you know Dennis Quaid apparently has a band, and they played, like, in my neighborhood a couple months ago? Oh, my God. This is what these people do. They have, nothing. They have a band. They played in the Washed Ups. That's what the name, name of the team, the name of the band. Can I ask you, what is the deal with Dennis Quaid? If you guys had to rate Dennis Quaid, is he like an A-level actor? Is he no. a like old superstar that's washed up? Was how he never he a superstar? A what the hell do you do with this guy? How could he be an A-level actor when he starred in such great films as DOA? Um, I think was he in Tin Copper? Was that his Quaid. brother, Randy Quaid? Dennis Quaid. You know, he was in. Um, well, he was in Enemy Mine. Um, Inner Space. Inner Space. In Inner Space. Space. Yep. With with uh, Martin Short. Was he in National Lampoon's your, uh, Las Vegas? Vacation? That's Chevy Chase. No, not the main character. The guy <laughs> who played like, his cousin or something. No, that's that's his brother. That's Randy Quaid. Is Randy Quaid? That's Randy Quaid. There there also Randy, Randy, Quaid? Tin Cup. Randy Quaid is in Tin Cup, too. What? No. No, Kevin Costner's in Tin Cup. Oh, well, Randy Quaid was in, like, straight... Dead Solid Perfect. That's what he was in. <laughs> he was in Dead Solid Perfect. Okay, actually, none of them have actually ever acted in history. They've actually <laughs> no, never been in anything. Exist, it's just actually. some other guy is Dennis Quaid who reminded basically you of like, <laughs> If you can't get Kevin Costner, do you go get Dennis Quaid? Is that hey, how it okay, works? Okay, one sec. Because he like, kind of looks like him a little bit. Is that wow. the deal? So he's the next guy I think down. that might be it. That's the best they can do? Pretty okay. much. But he like he has a good career, but he's not. he was never like a super... 
great actor, but he's sort of a good-looking lead kind of guy, but he didn't have the charisma, sort of. And, you know, Kevin Costner has plenty of flaws himself, but yes. he seemed to have the higher-level deal. I guess so. I guess you Do you really not know who Dennis Quaid is, Andy? I haven't a clue. Andy, he looks vaguely like you know Patrick that new Quaid. movie with that. Uh, he looks like Patrick. You know that new Hope for Grace movie that was like from last year, the Hope for Grace movie where he plays this guy who wants to go out with the boss's daughter, which is the same story of eight hundred million other movies. Yes, but it starred Hope for Grace from the '70s show, so people wanted to see it. Does this sound familiar at all? Oh, what was it called? <clears throat> I don't know. I want to sleep with the boss's daughter because she's really hot. It's called and also really because hot. she's uh, it's called Throw My Boss's Scarlett Johansson. Um, yeah, it's called Scarlett Johansson is really hot and Topher Grace wants her. <laughs> did, did you see that one? It was something about a guy being... Wait, aren't you talking about the movie where the guy ends up being in, like the boss of the older guy and wanted to date his daughter? Exactly. Exactly. And That's it was Dennis Quaid. Like, uh, oh, the older guy is Dennis Quaid? Yes. Randy Quaid just like his ugly brother who's in comedies instead? Yes, that's it. Exactly. Now you've got it. He was in the Big Easy. <laughs> he was in the Big Easy, too. Dennis Quaid. More importantly, he was I in Caddyshack 2. He was in Caddyshack 2. <laughs> he, he looks like Patrick Swayze, vaguely. He played the attorney. Who, Dennis Quaid? Yeah, he looks vaguely like Patrick Swayze. A little bit. A little bit. But that was like, Enemy Mine was like his main foray into sci-fi, and you thought that he could be like a sci-fi star after Enemy Mine. That's like a major role. That's, That's like, you know, the right, last Starfighter. I was going to say it was, something like I don't that, know. But he just I, never, I, it's a stretch to make that never a science fiction sci-fi movie, after that. but I guess if Scott Bakula can be a science fiction star... <coughs> Are you out of your mind? Anybody? It takes place in the future on another planet starring a creature that goes... <laughs> and it's not a sci-fi movie? <laughs> Look, it involves Lou Gossett Jr. in deep conversation with Dennis Quaid. That actually is the OED definition baby. of a sci-fi film. Oh, <laughs> Basically, hey, you should see how they spell. It's, it's really amazing. <laughs> like it's another man meets alien, man has boy of alien, you know, type of flick. It's not that big a deal, you know. It's a very original movie, and I think Dennis Quaid could have been like a major sci-fi star. He was in Inner Space. That was his other sci-fi movie. So those two together, you'd think could have made like a sci-fi career for this guy. Well, look at look at the other guys. Very well. Look at the other guys who end up being yeah. sci-fi stars. You have such notables as Scott Bakula, Richard Dean Anderson in uh, Stargate. You have a lot of you know sort of off off stars, you know, B-level stars. And those are more of TV stars really than you know movie stars. Sure. How about Brendan Fraser? Well, those are definitely TV stars. So Dennis Quaid is really sort of superior to those guys. Only slightly. In like acting hierarchy, because movies are better than TV. I don't know. Do you think that Scott Bakula's so performance in Quantum Leap and Enterprise <laughs> puts him above, puts him below the level of Dennis Quaid, who's been in some terrible movies we can't remember, except Enemy Mine. <laughs> very good. <laughs> if, you were to, if you were to sort of rank him, I just I just was able to show Andy who Dennis Quaid was by that Topher for Grace movie, though. You, did you miss that? That's because Andy oh, loves Topher Grace, which I don't disagree with him on, but you know, Topher Grace. Is like kind of quirky and funny, but the last two movies that I've seen him in have had like unbelievably hot co-stars in it. Because the other movie that I can think of with Topher Grace in it was the uh, Win a Date with Ted Hamilton movie, <laughs> where what? what's her face? Actually, uh, the girl from the girl from that '70s show is pretty hot too. Russ, you see a exactly. lot of crappy movies. See, that's like three. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. I mean, I know no, you're not. Like, I know, Kate but Bosworth. really, I know, that's seriously. ridiculous. Seriously. Kate Bosworth. You saw Win Yo. a Date with 
Ted Hamilton. I was, no, just look, internalize it was on that. No, story. Frank, I missed the Frank, title. Internalize it, it for a second. <laughs> it was free. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> they didn't pay you for it exactly. either, though. <laughs> exactly. More to the point. <laughs> That's this is, it, your time is valuable. At least you know you a nickel a minute. Story. Or consider a this. An hour. Russ has has played an entire season <laughs> of a baseball game, playing all 162 games. <laughs> I'm aware really? he's on his what second the season in the time there. It's true. It's true. I know. And he could have been doing that. He could have gotten through at least like a game instead of watching Till for Grace. Did I he tell you guys about my uh, HBO on demand? It's like practice TiVo. It's really great. It's uh you just get to watch Training any movie TiVo. that's currently showing on HBO just by pulling it up on the little menu thing. And uh <laughs> You know, it doesn't. It's not like TiVo. It doesn't try to help you do anything. It's just these are the movies we have, right. and you don't have to wait until they're on to watch them. So it's like practice TiVo. And on practice TiVo, I get all the HBO movies for free. So when I'm really bored, I can watch When a Date with Tad Hamilton, which I'm not, you know, particularly proud of. But Kate Bosworth is really hot, and that was sort of my point. Was Kate Bosworth, Scarlett Johansson, and uh, what the hell's Donna's name from the '70s show? That's not bad. You know, he's not there doing movies with uh, Joe Torre. At least he's got some people who enjoys their company. It's interesting. It's that or Joe Torre. It's an interesting term. <laughs> there are your I, I heard there yeah, used to be I mean, a, uh, an all insult those movies were in the 60s, like Your Sister Looks Like Joe Torre. <laughs> There's a movie called Your Sister Looks Like Joe Torre? <laughs> no, <laughs> that was like an Joe Torre does play the female lead in a lot of pretty quality films. <laughs> the sister's played by Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Look, you know I'm a Yankee fan and I respect him, but he's one of the ugliest men I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, 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 that is true. That's just true. gotta be true. It's well, be true. it would, it would help be. if he wouldn't push his hat so far up on his head that he looks more and more Frankensteinian every time. That would help a little bit. Like Frank and Frank and Frank and Frank like Scott Wow. Wow. That's, that's That'd be accurate. awesome if Scott ever listened to this and heard that <laughs> and burned down his building because there's no physical internet. Right, and because he's been working on no sleep for the last three down. consecutive years working at uh, Watchtel <laughs> at 180 hours a week. It's like, Cat must cut. Ah! Yeah, exactly. We love you, Scott. Instead, he'd probably say something. I mean, we don't. He'd send you an email story saying like judgment. Judgment. That's what he'd do. He'd send you an email saying it's judgment. It's true. It's true. Stop judging me. Stop judging Stop me. Judging I can't take story. it. You know you're right. I really can't take that you're right. That's what I really can't take. Uh, <laughs> now, give me goodness. Nikki's phone number. Oh, no. <laughs> See what happens when you start conversations like that, when they're being recorded, <laughs> is that people can actually listen to what we say. I don't know if that, if that goes too fast for you there. There's it's actually the a internet. part where people can listen to what we say <laughs> and then and comment uh, on it. hold us accountable. I, see, this is <laughs> yeah. Russ, this is not good because you have to remember that I'm your friend who records everything on the internet already anyway. Yeah, so I really don't care. No, no, but I, I, I was talking with <laughs> Kevin oh my God, you're right. about this. He I really does give a shout out to Madeline right now. <laughs> Madeline, if you're listening, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Oh, God. I can't believe he actually went there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, nice. Oh, well, wait yeah. a minute. Can I ask yeah. you a quick question? And this may or may not be appropriate or edited for content later on. But if, uh -huh. if she's already established that she thinks that the Internet and people who use it are immoral, then yes. wouldn't she be a big hypocrite if she actually listened to a podcast? 
Absolutely, but wouldn't she also just be likely to do it because she wants I was to prove her world? You know, you know she was there. Absolutely. It's entirely possible absolutely. that she wasn't being <laughs> her most rational self at that moment. It, no. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt that, that she doesn't actually believe the internet is evil. I, I you weren't in that conversation, Drew. I I don't know if I can agree with you there. I uh, I think she might have actually believed that. And now we have delved into the deep personal matters of just about everyone. What I was gonna, can what I, I say know. how great it is that not a single one of us skipped a beat and knew exactly all of the details of stories, <laughs> personal history, enough to it's comment true, on that's immediately? True. There is that. That should concern me, I guess, but it really doesn't. Uh, well, I guess in theory it's see, the thing is about that, though, is that we, we figured a lot of those things by reading between the lines. I was talking about this to, Gr- to Kevin Grinberg, and I was just like, look, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I felt like I didn't want to talk about this one thing on my blog. I'm like, all you have to do is do a typical story one, because he was talking about a Bruce Springsteen concert, and he said that he had gotten these sort of inside, this inside information information about Bruce Springsteen, so I got these backstage passes. He's like, I didn't want to talk about that because I figured that, you know, there would be all these problems and people would start bothering this friend of mine, you know, for tickets. I was like, yeah, well, you could just been really vague, like, story about it. Like, do something like As- Asbury Park, greetings from, born to run, uh, the winter wind, you know, and then you would have ended up with a basic story post, and from that, <laughs> you could derive that, you know, this guy had Bruce Springsteen tickets, but it basically is, you know, Clayton-esque haiku. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So I think you're all set. And in this case, all you'd have to say about Madeline is mall shopping, immoral, internet world. Uh, you know, that's all. <laughs> you, got it. Or, you know what? At the end of the day, who's to say that we're not referring to that French cartoon caricature Madeline. of the little schoolgirl? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, what you just I mean, said is be good technical evidence for us not Wait, we're not talking, talking about the girl about that, that story dated at home? <laughs> Uh, oh my and god. We're done. Oh. My and we're <laughs> That would also be useful evidence that we were not talking about a yeah. French cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I'll just find a way to beep this out so it'll be really amusing. People know there's something there, but they won't know what. And you'll be like, we're not talking about beep, no, beep, I mean, at Go Goes to beep, 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 I say beep. bring it. I say bring it. A life lived in public or no life at all. Okay. I'm going to be AFK for a little bit. You're like Patrick <laughs> and Henry. And all three of the other people on Seattle. the cast back out <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> and suddenly there's AFK, AFK, AFK. So, welcome to my show. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's your website, buddy. If we can continue the well, it's not my invasiveness of introspection in audio form, like by all means, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, what we just established is we're going to be on our own website, right? Mapreport.com. Oh my God, you're right. I think we did oh just my establish God. that. I am right. We just, we, OMG. I mean, I am HO. Ruffle So that means we can yeah. actually, any of the Meppers are fair game. This is no longer a story only Absolutely. venue. No doubt. Who knows? <laughs> and the real concern begins to set in. That's not a cool realization. So anyway, funny. How about that local sports team? The Nine Mets are my favorite squad. <laughs> What's that from? And it's definitely it's the Simpsons. Something. That's um, Mr. Uh, uh, yeah. What's his face? Mr. Burns trying to make Burns. small talk. Burn. Ah, okay. That's excellent. And he called gotcha. them the Nine Mets, which is great. Right. That is, and his favorite squadron also. Lyle over Bay. 
He's a talented player, but he has to DH for my team because Albert Pujols can't play left field, and that is all. In case you're wondering what I'm actually doing while the podcast is going on. There you go. Russ actually plays his baseball game. I'm on his way. What, what game are you on, Russ? Be honest. Season two, oh, game let's say one. This is like 35 uh, or something. Let's say it's about a third. I'd say about 60-something. Six, oh, my God. <laughs> you held the World Series like shortly before the actual World Series. That's right. And now you're already on game 60. That is Everybody more than one like a day. games today. These things go fast. Blam, blam, blam. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, at least in Dark Age, there's like some potential resale value, right? I mean, nobody else is going to know about this. Uh, that's true. This <laughs> is my own amusement. You know what I was actually musing today? Which game is more addictive and worse for me, whether that be uh, this or Civ 3? Because the problem oh, yeah. is, this game is so freaking good that it makes me want to play all the time. But Civ 3 is so long that whenever I play, I'm like locked in for right. eight hours. And then I don't play Absolutely. for a few months out of disgust. And then I go in for another eight hours the next time I play. So I can't figure it out which very, one very works. It's very, very fun to do that. Because if I have to it's leave true. the house, I can totally play baseball and then just go. I'm not locked in. But right. Civ 3 really you know you'll play destroys five my life games today. tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, why worry about walking away when there will be five or six exactly. games the next day? It's fine. Nothing to worry about there. The only place where you could really have concern is uh, when you can't count on playing a game the next day. That's when the addiction hurts. That's true. I was just saying this because I recently had a thing on Civ 3. I was playing the... uh, It's weird. Like, do you get this? I mean, I know you used to be a freak about this game. Oh, yeah, uh, I did. You take it it personally. Like, I was the uh, the Ottoman Empire. I was the Turk. Oh, totally. When somebody uh, betrays an alliance, I'm like, yeah, I'm like really feel the personal hurt. Hold on a second. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, the Babylonians were, like, controlling the board for the first, you know, whatever, 3,000 years of the game. I'm not exaggerating by saying that. And then, yeah, I, uh, I started beating on them, and I took it personally. I don't know why that should be. They're just different colored pixels. Different you know what colored I mean, pixels of what? They're just different colored pixels. I absolutely do. I find that... That the color of somebody's pixels really means means more than you would actually give a credit for. Okay, I lied. I just looked at my team's record. It's seventy and seven. I've played seventy-seven games. Your team's record no is seventy and seven. Just fly by. Yeah. You think it's time to change the difficulty level? I kind of like this difficulty. Well, I think what you should do to simulate it is to add Ryan Franklin to your team because his story has told us his record is three and seven hundred. So that would compensate, I think. Ugh. I bet he even has a fat contract that I would have to pay for. Hey, check it out. Alex Rodriguez attended games at an underground poker club with Phil Hellmuth. How cool is that? Phil Hellmuth is such a celebrity bitch. He just looks around for other actual celebrities that he can pretend that he's a celebrity because poker is popular right now. Who gives a shit who Phil Hellmuth is? He's just a whiny brat who's probably 45 years old by now. Almost 45-year-old bastards. Because odds pan out on a poker table. Oh my god, I can't believe that your 35% draw came up when there was a 1 out of 3 shot. That's crazy. I'm cursed. How could anything like that happen? 1 out of 3 times. That's fair enough. Seriously. Phil Helmuth. No love for Phil Helmuth. You little bitch. Well, let's see. How do you feel about Phil Helmuth, Greg? 
I uh, I have no personal opinion about Helmuth. I think he's kind of a uh, kind of jerky. He's not like my favorite player, Daniel Negrino, who's a nice guy, regardless of what happens to him. He's always a nice guy. Although it does Is he really? Yeah, I like Negrino. He's a really nice guy, all the time. Um, although not as nice. What as makes you say that? Well, because I've seen him play on a World Series of Poker thing. And basically, he had had the worst beats of all time. And I've seen him play in a few tournaments. And basically, whether he's doing well or doing badly, he always just is like really relaxed. Like he never talks smack at anybody. If they make a terrible play, he's just like, oh yeah, haha. You know, he's like never. He's never a bitch about anything. And he's a good player. He's a very good player. And he just never bitches to anybody. Whereas Helmuth's just like, yeah, Helmuth is the one who came up with that famous line. I guess if there was no luck involved, I'd beat everybody all the time in poker. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know. Yeah. Well, you should go play chess. Now, normally I know what we do a lot of these cases on... Uh, or bridge. Or bridge, yeah. Or, bri- or bridge. A lot of times what we do on these things is we read these weird headlines and then react to them. This is a headline which doesn't seem like it's weird, so you need to tell me why you think this headline is actually weird even though it doesn't sound like it. Here's the headline. Belligerent drunk man gets into fight. Why is that an amusing headline? Because he wasn't Irish. Definitely belligerent. You don't have to say it. That's interesting. Um, No, that's not quite it. Uh, The real answer is that it's not actually a person. There was a party goer in Florida who went to a Halloween party dressed as belligerent drunk man. He had a suit with the front of which said BDM, and then he got into a fight. He he wore a blue sweatshirt, a belt of beer can pop tops, and a Superman-style emblem on his chest reading BDM, then got into a fight at his apartment complex, charged with disorderly intoxication and battery on an officer, Uh, was charged with resisting arrest without violence, pleaded no contest, and was ordered to pay court costs. I find that to be amusing. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was funny. Well I'm said. Back. Moving Sorry right along. <laughs> Sorry, I missed the Civ discussion. And apparently, I missed Andy like killing babies in the street or something. It's funnier than uh, thief steals seventy-five thousand dollars worth of bull semen. That stuff goes crazy on the black market. You'd be surprised. Eric Fleming said the six small canisters I mean, of frozen I semen about it taken from a liquid nitrogen tank <laughs> represented four to five years of collection work. I'm so depressed about this that I probably will get out of the cattle business. He said Tuesday. <laughs> I'm so depressed on this that I may stop ejaculating the male cows. <laughs> that was my thought. Oh, that's disturbing. How about this? Woman has nearly may or may not. I haven't. I haven't decided yet. How about a woman has nearly three thousand toll violations? Evangelina Gonzalez owes a record seventy-six thousand thirty-nine dollars in toll violations. She's failed to pay two thousand nine hundred. Does she throw like tolls. Molotov cocktails into the window as she drives by? No, she she stands accused of failing to pay two thousand nine hundred fifty-three tolls on the Dallas North Tollway. I mean, I think you have to do some serious damage to accrue that much. The fifteen cents at a time is not going to cut it. Well, I mean, three thousand violations. It includes a twenty-five dollar administrative fee per violation. I guess that was part of the point. Oh, so in other words, they charge you an extra seven thousand percent on what the you're supposed to pay that? every time. I don't know. They finally arrested her. I gotta say, if you don't arrest someone like that in the first like three or four years, I think you lose credibility threatening them after a while until you actually do it. You're like, yeah, okay. So I've gone from owing five hundred thousand to a million dollars, and you still haven't arrested me. I'm not really concerned. 
Yeah. Well, they said they didn't want to make a. They said they didn't want to make a big deal of it to people who normally do this. Just this person, I guess. <laughs> they actually say that. That's great. Yeah. That's really wonderful. I bet that was her big like thing at parties too. She'd be like, "Did you know I owe the state of where was it? Texas. <laughs> I owe the state five Texas. million dollars in in tolls. Yeah, I owe Texas. You know, whatever. I never go through tolls. You want to go for a ride? Yeah. See, see, I just fly through the toll. Yep. people are. I never have to pay anything. I'm surprised in Texas it wasn't down. just summary execution. <laughs> that would have been my guess. They just execute you when you try to pay go through without paying a toll. I would think. Only if you're retarded. Each little toll booth is a guillotine. It's like it just drops drops straight down when you go through. You either pay or the guillotine drops. It's great. <laughs> Wait, I swear I did. They call that the freedom slicer. <laughs> they call yeah. They call it's like some variation of Easy Pass, Easy Live. Just because we don't use so French things so anymore. So if they wanted to implement the guillotine, they'd have to be the uh, freedom capitators. There you go, exactly, yes. <laughs> the guillotine. <laughs> That's what we call it out here. You go through the guillotine. We like the guillotine. Where the toll the, is your life. Tolls. Bonjour, monsieur. Commentales of ooze. Does a lot of, uh, does a ton of damage. That's why I like to call it the guillotine. Some people call it a toll. Oh boy. I like to call it a guillotine. Cuts through a half ton pickup. <laughs> Cause me a ton of work. Cuts through the gills. I think it's kind of a cutting edge system, don't you, sir? Oh. <laughs> it's no, true. No! Yes. Why does Andy sound like he's floating in the void in space? Andy's just reacting to a <laughs> little first slice of life. Slice of life. Oh yeah. Please. Uh, people who, uh, yeah. who just barely get through without getting guillotine. About cutting things. And for Is that way it's funny because shape. you keep saying things Close cut. Save. That's good work. <sighs> <laughs> for the ones who get through, they've got the, you know, they've got but, the best uh, metal. We or just almost forget to pay the toll. No one's gonna blade them. <laughs> uh, Wait, uh, because it, it has to do with cutting. Is that why it's funny? I think I understand now. Look, just because. So every time you say something, it sounds like something else, and it also has something about cutting involved. I think Andy funny, and right? Russ are gonna want you to chop this one out, <laughs> girls, when we go back through. Nice work. Nice work. Uh, yeah, I'm on the edge, I know. Yeah, when you, and when you, you edit this, you should really cut this part out. <laughs> you should chop it, it out uh, like good it's one, a blade. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut it out along with the decapitated pictures. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the pictures Boy, are decapitated. I really spliced off the yeah. nice oh, there, no. We've come full circle again. To that. Somehow we've gone from poor guy and the Cleveland Indians to... The French Revolution. Okay. So and they plunk out the all over again. So I bring you to uh, I bring you to the headline: Burglar makes pizza flees with three thousand dollars. A pizza parlor burger paused to make a pizza before fleeing with three thousand. A security camera showed that the burglar put on an employee's shirt after entering the pizza parlor, made a pizza, spreading sauce, cheese, and pepperoni over the dough, placing it in the oven. Employees arriving about three scared him off before the pizza was ready. The burglar fled about three thousand dollars. That's quality. All he wanted to do was make a pizza. 3000 was incidental. 
It's true. If only Kramer's uh, Make Your Own Pizza Pie place had been open, oh, yeah. he wouldn't have had to rob $3,000. Then he would have been all set. That happened in San Clemente, California. It's out by you people. San Clemente, I don't know where that is. Is this this stupid game again where you say things that start with San or Los and I'm supposed to know where they are because I'm in, in Angeles? Hey, man, they're somewhere in California. I don't know where they are. All I know is that they exist. How about this? Man kills buck with bare hands in bedroom. Alliteration prevails. <laughs> um, it says that this deer jumped into a room. Is the subtitle of that, The Buck Stops Here? <laughs> it was kind of a Dear Abby thing. <laughs> no enemy mine reference. Bro, stop trying to horn in on this. I know, seriously. <laughs> it sounds like somebody was really elking it up that time. <laughs> elking it up? <laughs> That's a real moose of like a, a joke. Ha <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a long white Uncle tail. Buck was a good movie. Ha ha ha. This is a funny white tail. <laughs> oh my. Dear Abby. Ha ha ha. Wow, what, what an antler that was. This is where Russ transforms into a drunken Yakov Smirnoff. <laughs> I know, he's like, must find least funny man ever. <laughs> what the country. What the country. In podcast, pun <laughs> screw you. <laughs> <laughs> In podcast, internet review. Man <laughs> sues after using glue-covered toilet. Bob Doherty... Sounds like a sticky situation. Oh, uh, you know... <laughs> there you go. There you go. In, in land of yeah, podcast, you abuse news. Because there is glue, so it's sticky. This, I'm sorry, kind of tired of this toilet. Wait, can you go over that one more time? I'm tired of this toilet humor, I gotta right, be on the top. <laughs> Woo! Bob Doherty said he began stuck to a bathroom toilet seat on which somebody had smeared glue and felt, quote, tremendous panic when he realized he was stuck. They left me there going through all that stress, he told the Daily Camera. They just let me rot. <laughs> he said, this is not Home Depot's fault. Who's they? The toilet Home seat Depot. Company? Home Depot. But I am blaming them for letting yes. me hang in there and just ignoring me. His lawsuit said Doherty, who was recovering yeah, from heart bypass surgery, thought he was having a heart attack. Okay, now, I know that heart attacks often are preceded by chest pain. Are they preceded by an inability to rise from a toilet seat? Is that a common symptom of heart attack possibilities? Am I missing something? It's a conclusion of a heart attack. I don't think you can get up from a toilet seat if you're having a heart attack. It's probably true. <laughs> Do you immediately think, though, that at that point, wait, I must be having a heart attack because I can't get up from a toilet seat? Maybe you're just reenacting Lethal Weapon 2 where they have the uh, the bomb tripwire on the toilet seat. I so he has to sit that. on the toilet seat when he realizes there's a bomb and wait for eight hours for the, uh, the bomb squad to show up. I remember that. And then they jump in the bathtub. And then, he, and then Danny Glover goes, Locked <laughs> That never actually happens. Uh, you were all good until you get that to the end there. could just as easily have been Danny Glover. I know, seriously. As Lou Gossett Jr. Danny Glover could have been great in Enemy Mine. They just never gave him the chance. Because when he was auditioning, he just kept saying, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. I'm getting too old for this. Damn it. That's pretty funny. Good Samaritan has run in with Demon. 
A good Samaritan had a run-in with a demon after stopping to help a vampire. That's a tremendous lead-in. The unidentified motorist was flagged down by Angela Caplinger of Kingwood after she got into an argument with her husband following a costume party on Saturday night. She was wearing a vampire costume. Her husband was dressed as a demon, State Police Trooper Joe Pataro said. Pataro said Caplinger asked the motorist to take her to the Sheriff's Department. She got into the car, and Roy Caplinger allegedly jumped on the hood. Imagine you're sitting on this dark roadway, you have a hysterical woman beside you, and the devil jumps on your hood. <laughs> Pataro said. <laughs> I, lo- that's, I love these uh, very imaginative police officers. All right, so imagine you're sitting on this dark roadway and then the devil jumps on your hood. I mean, what are you going to do when that happens? Hmm? And the devil jumps on your and hood? And then boom, it's the devil. Boom, it's the devil. Huh? It's the devil. So they pitch out to the halfback and then boom, the devil's, oh, the on, devil's your on your hood. One then. What are you going to do about that? You know, and I think about the devil is that he's the devil. That's what I think about the devil. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's true. And the devil's goal is to score points. And by getting it into the end zone, that's exactly what he did. And they say, you know, the devil, they say the devil's a lot of things. But I think the devil's just a devil. You know, that's a big old devil. You got that big old horn. You got the big old trident. You know, you got the big old pitchfork. And there you kind of get the big old thing. And he's got the turkey. And then, boom, you got the devil. Ladies and gentlemen... This portion of the podcast brought to you by John Madden, as brought to you by Story Clayton and Gregory Wilson. Thank you. As brought to you by Frank Caliendo. <laughs> as brought to you by Frank Caliendo and or, and, and or Madden 2005. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> mostly, mostly that. See, the thing about Lucifer is that he's a lesser devil, like Beelzebub and Mephistopheles, and boom! They're all bad people. They're all bad people. The thing I don't understand is why anyone would want them on their football team. But hey, sometimes you just want someone to hit hard. Freight train. Woo-hoo. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, freight train. Woo-woo. Indeed. Good Northbound on a southbound freeway. Look out. Exactly. <laughs> You're picking up what I'm throwing down. Okay, so this one's from your neck of the woods. Uh, yes, John. It's actually Los Angeles, so it's from, you may have heard of that place before, Los Angeles. An exclusive California beach enclave has raised eyebrows by passing out tsunami safety brochures that warn residents in capital letters that they should never try to surf the tsunami. Some people may feel we are stating the obvious, uh-huh. and some people may not, Brad Davis, who's the speech, uh, the one who wrote the booklet, said. We want to encourage people to move away from the coast rather than towards it. Um. Here's the thing. If somebody wants to do that, I don't think a pamphlet is about to stop them. They're already sort of willing to risk their lives for to do something incredibly stupid. You don't think they're pamphlet Oh, but wait. This pamphlet says that I'm incredibly stupid. I, no. I better not go towards Sorry. this. I mean, yeah. Don't surf the tsunami. Well, Andy's a surfer. Andy, would you surf a tsunami? Or would you even participate in a podcast with your friends? <laughs> yeah. So, so you've drank some acid and pamphlet by morons who waste money. <laughs> Don't drink that acid, Tommy. It's bad for you. Well, it's a good thing to know. The more you know. Let's see. Uh, let's see some other important things here. Connecticut wants to ban beer with elf label. The state believes it would be really awful for kids to see the label on the British import Seriously Bad Elf. It shows a mean-looking elf with a slingshot firing Christmas ornaments at Santa's sleigh as it flies overhead. There are certain symbols and images that appeal strongly to children. This regulation includes the most obvious among them, Attorney General Richard Blumenthal said. 
the state has wide discretion to regulate the sales of alcohol. And my family told me to do this. I'm sorry. I made that last part up. So is the issue here that the kids will want to drink beer a la Joe Camel? Or is it that they will see the evil elves and realize that, that evil. the meaning of Christmas is different than what they thought and become evil? Right. No, I think it's that they will believe that elves are evil. Or, or I was they just think I'm really the same sad. Thing. Well, or just be sad because the elves are mean. I think it's more like they'll 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 become upset at the elves. They said those that, are your choices. You know, I mean, because they say they're like <laughs> the Dan Shelton, who is the one who directs it, had no such problems when it sold bad elf and very bad elf beer in previous years. It sells the beer in thirty other states and none have complained. We even had a beer called Santa's Butt last year. Shelton said they didn't notice Santa's butt, but they noticed this one. How can you miss that big red thing? Miner's not going to be looking to buy beer because Santa Claus is on the label. <laughs> You're now making things up. No, I you swear now, to God. You're now making things up. They had a beer up. called Santa's Butt last year, Shelton said. They had a beer called Santa's Butt. Woohoo! That's tremendous. See, if you actually wow. drank beer, I might buy that this exists. If you had some personal experience with Santa's Butt, then maybe. The state of Connecticut yeah, must not have enough to think about, that said Gary A. Lippincott, <laughs> the Massachusetts artist. That really could have been phrased another <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, that's really, I appreciate that you've classified, yeah, exactly, I'd say that. Um, Gary A. Lippincott, the Massachusetts starter responsible for the image, said, the state of Connecticut must not have enough to think about. The funny thing is that it's really tame compared to what they originally wanted. I believe the original idea started with him roasting a reindeer on a spit. I wonder how that would have gone over. <laughs> That's tremendous. I hear reindeer is actually very tasty. It's like venison. Does it taste like chicken? I think everything that's mysterious tastes like chicken. Have you noticed that? No, I've never noticed that. Everyone always says I've that. I've never even heard that saying, in fact. Is that a saying? Did you just make that up? No. They say that all the time. <laughs> no. See, doesn't it taste like chicken? You're like, yeah, it just tastes really? like chicken. It's exactly. Tastes like chicken? No, I've never heard that yeah. before. You just made that up. That's exactly. Well, I may have... Russ is just trying to put egg on your face. Ah, that's very, that's, that's very, good. very good. He's just being a little beaky. Million dollar bid for Lenin body. Oh, the dear. head of the Russian Buddhist region of Kalmkia said Friday he was willing to bring up a million dollars to give a new home to the embalmed body of Bolshevik leader Vladimir Lenin. Oh, the He's allegedly bomb. actual body of Lenin, which is actually a wax sculpture. Is that what we're talking about? Is that what this article is about? That's the actual body of Lenin. I've been there. It's the and body it's of Lenin. freaking wax. It's not wax. It's the body it of Lenin. It is wax. Have you been they there? Embalmed it. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? It, yes, embalmed in wax, and then they took out his innards and replaced it with wax. It is a <laughs> wax not. sculpture. It's, it's a very well done wax. Oh, no, it's an embalmed it's body nice of wax. Lenin. But unlike one of those waxes that is realistic and convincing, this one is convincing only in that it is wax. <laughs> Was and it by like, chance not a real body? Tussauds, Lenin's That's tomb? wax. It's crazy. No, it's, it's the one in Red Square. All right. Or where they're moving into now. But I saw it in Red Square, and it was wax. And it was good. Speaking of which, did you ever see House of Wax? The, uh... No. Horrible, you horrible movie. really lousy <laughs> movies, Russ. If that is the theme of this week's discussion. Russ watches no, lousy unfortunately, movies. Unfortunately, even I haven't seen that one. But I know that Paris Hilton oh, did okay. have a role in that, so I was interested to see if anyone's actually seen it. No, I don't think... Apparently, she plays a really rich, spoiled, ignorant bitch, so... She had to like study for six well, months. Well, we know she can't. We yeah, know she can't act. Good. So that makes sense. That right. that would have to be the role. Exactly. Um, although I bet we could now claim that uh, Andy actually has seen it, and he will not protest because 
He's not. Oh, well, Why did he say that he liked it? Oh, <laughs> he's here. He just doesn't want to weigh in. I've never words. seen that. Listening his opinion. <laughs> Look, here's proof. Here's what proof. Was, uh, you, you were asking me. I went to get. I went to get chips. What did you ask oh, me? Yeah. I what? What? Uh, you playing some poker? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. That's not a pun. I mean, so much you went to get chips. I was. I was making a <laughs> joke making about a joke, yeah. about chips. I yeah. was actually going to ask a question yeah. about that. I have some... Uh, uh, Andy, we had a discussion about whether Lennon's body was actually made of wax or whether it's a real body, and I have some proof to demonstrate that it is, in fact, not wax. I heard the whole thing. Quote, His empires collapsed. Few in Russia still honor his ideology. But the father of Soviet communism is still waited on hand and foot by a team of embalmers who keep Lenin looking just as he did when he died 70 years ago. Twice weekly, a group of elderly scientists... Like he was made of wax. wax. No, a group of elderly scientists visits Lenin's tomb off Moscow's Red Square to inspect his body. His glass coffin is opened, and his custodians dab embalming fluid onto his face and hands, the only visible parts of his body. Once every 18 months, the now 124-year-old Lenin spends about 60 days immersed in a glass tub of chemicals inside his red marble mausoleum residence. The scientists oversee the bath in which the clear chemical solution penetrates the skin, assuring that, as in a living person, Lenin's body remains about 70% liquid. His minders then host the body out of the tub into a hospital stretcher and lay it out to rest for a few hours while the excess liquids drip off. When the body is dry, the scientists bind Lenin with rubber bandages to prevent leakage and put his clothes back on. It was considered a top secret of the Kremlin for right. years. Well, here, here, here's your answer story. The 120 million visitors who entered the yes. mausoleum since 24 could only guess whether the body was real or a wax doll, and if it was real, how it was maintained. Ilya Zabarsky knows, and after decades of secrecy, he has broken the embalmer's code of silence with the most extensive description of the procedure ever made public. It's a code of silence because it's a secret conspiracy that the actual body is not that, and it's a wax replica instead. And that's why all the minders are all these old people. They were in on the conspiracy from the beginning, and now they have to maintain this illusion and this myth that it's the real body. It's wax. You can tell. I don't know. I don't think that it's wax. The important thing is that Russia has done so well in taking care of its citizenry so well that it can afford to have expenditures like that's true. You know, keeping this guy embalmed and taken care of 24 hours a day. That's true. I think that's. I mean, they all have health care, so you know, what, they, <laughs> what else they need to do? Yeah, I mean, let's not start with healthcare because Americans don't have healthcare. Look, they are caring for the health. Yeah, but we also they don't just spend care time for the trying dead, to keep alive. Abe Lincoln's body perfectly, you know, clear by soaking him in formaldehyde. It's true. That would definitely be the most absurd expense on the U.S. government payroll. We just. No, we just com- we, we just, just conduct, do that with countries you know, instead of Im- we just conduct immoral wars in other countries. But at least right. you know you get something exactly. out of it. <laughs> Look, they have a what, they have a thing right here more saying dead bodies to go embalm. I mean, I don't understand. We stood in line. Did you know that um, the neocons are they're Malthusians? Did you know that? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I explained so much. Yeah. We stood in line to be able to see the former Soviet leader's body or wax that. dummy, if you believe that. Apparently, a few other people mm. believe this is uh, believe this to be accurate. Yeah, wax dummy. That's correct. And I didn't think Lennon was crazy, so I'm not uh, just calling him a dummy. I don't know. Proposition 43. We give you uh, penicillin. Proposition 44. More formaldehyde for Lenin. 44 wins again. 
Sorry, people. Despite recurring Sorry, rumors, Timmy. I'd love to see Orson Welles moderate that debate, though. <laughs> Emily could take the. Uh, I agree. <laughs> the feed the people side. That would be excellent. How much would it cost to feed all your people? Is that expensive? Would you say? Isn't it actually cheaper to just give a couple of pounds of formaldehyde to Lenin's body? <laughs> you see, that actually Commandant Lenin is one person much cheaper to take care of than millions of sick idiots. He's one smart dead guy. We like him better. We take care of his face and hands. Face and hands, mostly. Quote, despite recurring rumors, the body of Vladimir Lenin has been well preserved in the mausoleum. It is unstained and it is not a waxwork. Quote, unquote. Well, story. Greg has it now contradicted like there's you a lot at least of five times by reading the same sentence over and over again. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like this is a lot of attention to something not being wax work? It's like, it is absolutely not wax. Every article mentions that it's not wax. Seems a little dubious. Despite the observer notes, Lennon's body did it's not like melt when the, accidentally put under heat lamp. <laughs> George Bush, Repeat, still not body idiot. did not He's melt. Did not make candles out of Lennon's body when melted from heat lamp. Did not use set candles in exhibit at Russian Orthodox Church. (laughs) Set candles were not called Lennon's body candles for made from Lennon's wax body that we used for Lennon. Despite the claim of story claim, he is not wax. House of Wax made in America, not Russia. No Lennon involvement in House of Wax. Paris Hilton, not descendant of Lenin, nor human being. No relation to Lenin. Although, you know, now that I see this, it makes sense. You know, in Animal Farm, they have this part where um, the old major, who's supposed to represent Karl Marx, they actually, the guy who, who represents, the pig who represents Stalin in Animal Farm, has all the animals march past the skull of old major, which may be sort of similar to this. Although, of course, in this case, it's actually the skull, and it's not some wax facsimile that Story Clayton claims it is. So, that's a little bit different, but... Alleged earwax in Lenin not collected in jar by Lenin's wax body to compare to. Whether it is really Lenin or a wax lookalike is probably one of those Russian mysteries that will go down in history unanswered, quote, unquote. Yes, thank you. See, that's not equivocal about, you know, or it is equivocal, more to the point. The difference is that Lenin's mummified body is in Russian heritage. <laughs> Lenin's body is actually in the tomb, quote, unquote. I'm just saying, the debate rate is on. Body does not resemble old it. Russian word for wax. It's <laughs> 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 uh, very, very funny. I'm telling you, if you've seen it, if you'd seen it, you would have the same conviction that I do. Scarlett Johansson has hot wax. Double entendre. Wait, wait, I didn't get that. Wax. If wax what? means body, huh? she has hot wax. We'll not repeat again. I get it. In Russia, entendre is double U. How many people do you think know the Yakov Smirnoff reference? Or understand it any better now than they did before? Dude, I went around saying that for like six months. It was great. I see. Well, um... Entire October Revolution in Russia uh, conducted with wax. (laughs) All swords, soldiers, wax. Entire Communist Manifesto... Print on the wax. Waxy. Wax on. Wax off. Lenin, not wax. Wax on. Mr. Miyagi, not comment on Lenin. Show me. Ah, look wax. Always look wax. 
Show me Santa In Communist. Russia, moon always wanes. Father teach. Moon always wanes. Show me In Russia. Santa Communist. Does not wax. Show me Santa Red Square. Santa Square. Santa Square. Breathe in, breathe out. Always breathe. Look I, always look I. Uh, Miyagi, now you kill me. Now, whole village see. You are coward. <laughs> oh, man. That was awesome. You just pulled out Sato out of nowhere. That was sweet ass Thank you. Stuff. That's the only, re- that's the only like good invitation that I have is Sato. <laughs> now, to me, you are dead. That's good, man. I tell you what, I don't think hey, there guys, are many people I? doing Sato out there. That's good. Can I throw some random numbers at you? Sure, go to it. Uh oh. Yes, the numbers game again. Number game. Playing Yay numbers. What numbers this was not do you have? Number earlier, game. What numbers do you have? Four, thirty-four, five, eleven, two, one. That How many numbers? Way too many numbers. No, seriously. Too many. Twenty-six. Not working. So you show us now, whole village. See how many numbers you give. <laughs> Well, I, it's now I guess, more than I anything. Guess I'll, just, I'll give it, it away, and I, I think we can. Breaking news on our podcast. This is breaking news. Sam Cassell has come out of retirement <laughs> and and put up a big game. Four three pointers, thirty four points, five rebounds, eleven assists for his first game since coming out of retirement. Thank you, Sam. So, well, coming out of retirement because he has those uh, alien powers. No whole village see that you come out of retirement <laughs> because Sam he's so ugly. <laughs> Sam Cassell is an alien. He's one of the alien. ugliest men in the world. He is an ugly he's man. A, he's a very handsome alien. alien. <laughs> yeah. Reggie Miller's almost as good looking an alien as Sam Cassell, but not quite. Oh, I don't think he's Reggie Miller's that alien looking. He's not as clutch a three point, They're both three point alien as the other one is. They're both aliens, I promise. I swear enough. This is a very funny picture. Yeah. It shows Larry Brown between two Knicks players, and it shows the Knicks players turning away and walking away from Larry Brown as Larry Brown looks like, my God, I've bored them again. That was very funny. Meanwhile, they'll win another championship, because that's all I do. I coach champions. That's all I do. I coach champions and bore them. I totally forgot that he's coaching the Knicks. I coach champions and I bore them. I completely forgot. Some Knicks fans you are. How could you forget that? The Knicks are like your team, and Larry Brown is like the best coach ever. He's they the are boring coach and I completely forgot. He's the most boring coach ever. You can't criticize Larry Brown. It's ridiculous. It's like criticizing God. It's like, what What are you even doing? Do you think God Larry worked Brown, for 750 separate universes, or was that only Larry Brown? I mean, yeah. That's exactly what God would do. If God would work <laughs> everywhere. That's the whole point. Can you imagine? I can't perceive God You can make God a good argument that he has a few jobs elsewhere, and so he's been neglecting things on planet Earth. I don't think that's out of the question. I get the impression that God would be pretty good at managing things everywhere, though. God would be at a press conference being like, yeah, you know, it's been... I, th- I feel focused. I feel good about, you know, this opportunity to manage Earth. I think God would be good about that. I tell you what, if he was, if God was just a temp, that would explain a lot of stuff, man. That's deep. Hey, Larry Brown, Larry Brown would totally coach every team in the league at once if he could. And he could totally handle it. He's like the only person patient enough to handle it. That's true. Everybody else would freak out and fly around, and he'd just be like, yeah, it's it's cool. I think we're all going to win championships this year. I think, think we're all going to do it. He'd actually be like, the, he'd do he'd it. be like Orson Welles. He'd be like, I think that's cool. I can win championships. Oh. And the Pistons win. Locked <laughs> How can you make so 
many enemy mine references in one podcast. I think there's something illegal about that. Because it was a song of triumph, and so you can sing it whenever you're happy. I see. When the Pistons win, Lugasa <laughs> Jr. loves it. Who would win in a hypothetical goes, battle? Can we, can we request to the outside no, world that it's anyone else that you are singing song of triumph? <laughs> <laughs> If anyone has seen this movie that Russ is referencing, yes, send us it. an email. Anyone. Yes. Anyone out there. If anybody's in the seen world, Enemy Mind, other than you, Greg, please let us you know. don't care. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't care. Dude. Yeah. Do you know what else happened yeah. in this movie? They have these, like, shells of, uh, I guess they fall off trees on this alien planet, and they're so hard that not only do they use it for shelter, but they make a football out of it, and he teaches Zamis how to play football, even though Zamis only has three fingers. I want to look like you, Uncle. I want to have five fingers. I have three fingers. Uncle has five <laughs> Cricket. Cricket. I think we're now making it movie. Movie. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> Uncle, no. Uncle, you're a Dennis Zombies. Quaid. Zombies. Why? Why do I have to have Dennis Quaid? Zombies. Basically, the last half hour of the entire movie is Dennis Quaid going, Zombies. 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 Zombies! Because, uh, yeah. Well, I can't tell you why, but that's what the whole last half hour is. Yes, because you'd be spoiling it for everyone who wants to go see this on DVD. Exactly. Pick this up on pay-per-view right Watch now. Watch the movie yourself. It's a classic. It's funny, too, because it's like enemy mine, but there's also the little double meaning of enemy mine, so there could be a mine that was laid by an enemy, which would be dangerous, and then you don't know if you want to trust it because it's also an enemy, but it's actually a friend. So it's like a triple double meaning. Or enemy mind, like the enemy belongs to you because you are the enemy of yourself, or, man. Or all your enemy, enemy are mind. belong to you. Yeah, or if they like, left out a comma, enemy mind, enemy mind, that's mine, enemy. You know that kind of thing. Mine, 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 enemy mine, 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 enemy mine. Enemy mine. It could be Eric the enemy sleeping with the enemy. Or. There's like a clown that doesn't talk on certain planets, yo, oh and that's God. an enemy mind. <laughs> or it's, or or it's an enemy it's a anemone <laughs> that's gone mental. Oh, and it's an oh shit! Mind. Anemone <laughs> mind! Yes! Fine. Oh. Anemone mind. Give me my anemone mind. Or it's a medical rectal procedure, oh, and it's enema mind. Enema mind! <laughs> what? Two. Do you know how many sequels we could make to this movie that have not been thought of yet? <laughs> you know how many of them would all fail? <laughs> oh, God. Make negative money? All how of about them. we can combine them? We could do Enema Mime. That would be fun. Because <laughs> he can't scream because he's a, he's a mime. What? Enema Mime. He can't express his discomfort. How about Enema Mame? I'm, oh, I'm with you 100%. 100%. That 100%. <laughs> how about Enema Mame, which would have like some, some previous person from the Golden Girls, but also happens to be an enemy? <laughs> Enema gone horribly wrong. Enema mame. <laughs> Enema mame. Sato and enemy mine in the same podcast. You see, Greg, that's... Now we're thinking. To- Sato and Lou Gossett Jr.'s alien guy should have totally made a movie. Because those are like the perfect side characters that just have great personalities and have not enough screen time. Either one of them. They should both be in together. Oh, Dasana is my Dasana. <coughs> Go. Go now, Miyagi. Go and we will see. I am not a woman. You are not a woman. Now who will it see? You are a woman. Ah, 
This is possibly the stupidest. <laughs> the worst combination of concepts of all time. Yes. Yeah. We're just closing in on wrapping up, actually, because we finally got to the point where we decided we should include Sato and the enemy mind guy together in a movie, and we decided it's a little bit strong. I see. Very good. Meanwhile, Marcus Thames hits a home run in the 14th inning and the White Sox win 8-7. to seven. Right. And so what I think, a freaking game. So I think that's a good clue for us to leave. Uh, tune in next week, listeners, where you'll hear more yeah, random, indeed. obscure science fiction. And you'll hear Russ saying something like... Now, whole village seat, you have podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Say goodbye, everyone. <laughs> oh, Lord. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Get your money back out.